And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Myth Bits. You made an excellent choice. G'day from SA. This is Tim here with episode 206 of the World of Myth Bits. What's been happening in my life lately? Well, our summer holidays down here in uh, the Southern Hemisphere in South Australia, the, uh, the summer school holidays have been kicking on. My, uh, my wife and kids, while I was at work yesterday, um, hung out with uh, my sister-in-law and her family. Uh, the international poet, Miss Matilda Crook, was there. Uh, and they went to our local uh, outdoor swimming centre. So beautiful weather, fine, sunny, glorious weather. Uh, not too hot. We've got some, uh, some hot days coming up, actually. Uh, I don't know what the Fahrenheit measurement is, but they're um, Celsius. They're in the, the mid-30s uh, all the way up to the early 40s. So uh, I'd say... Um, that would probably be uh, a little bit over 90, I would say, for our hottest days. Um, maybe more. Hot, 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 hot weather coming up. Uh, I'm sure uh, for uh, our northern listeners, uh, it's, uh, it's probably a bit chilly at the moment. Winter well set in. Um, yeah, so hopefully we can send a bit of the, uh, bit of the warmth your way. And you can send a bit of your cool our way. It can sort of all uh, even out to, uh, to some beautiful fine days uh, for all of us. Fine writing weather, uh, inspirational weather. Um, I hope that we've been all um, working on our pieces for the January edition of, uh, of the World of Myth magazine. Uh, can't wait to see what the cover is going to be. Um, can't wait to see how many pieces that I will have to review, uh, how many pieces in the, uh, in the art gallery, um, whether the poem, the number of poems will, uh, will rival the number of stories, trouble and flash and stories. There have been um, so many, uh, so many pieces sent each and every month. Um, and Looper, uh, Steph, the, uh, the, now the CEO officially, uh, and the uh, chief editor as well of, uh, of the magazine uh, is telling me that um, from the very beginning of the magazine, whether it was about oh, 20, maybe 25 pieces max that was sort of sent through across all the different genres and all the different, um, all the different areas where um, Dark Myth published, that sort of doubled in, uh, in size or, uh, or even a, a little bit more um, since over the years, which is incredible. Uh, I mean, it's, uh, if, we, uh, if we keep going with this trend, keep bringing more and more and more uh, contributors on board, um, it's going to be uh, well into the hour, my, uh, my review uh, episode each month. And I do hope that you, uh, you listen to the, um, the review episode 205 of the World of Myth Bits. The, um, 
I really enjoy going through. It's a great opportunity to sort of go through uh, and actually have a, a real thorough look at, uh, at what's being submitted, um, all the different areas of the magazine and, uh, and that sort of thing, where I must admit in the past, I sort of found the time to jump on, um, check my own pieces to see if there were any comments or, uh, or um, if anybody had left any, um, any sort of stars or encouragement or, uh, or that sort of thing. Um, the, yeah, the, the, um, the fact that there's the opportunity, I mean, not for the, um, the younger presenters, uh, the younger contributors, um, they have the, uh, the opportunity to, to read through comments, which is great. Um, but yeah, the stars, the stars are, um, yeah, an interesting way of, uh, of either inspiring uh, a contributor or making them sort of ponder about what it is that they've sent in. Um, but we're a great bunch. We're a very supportive bunch. Uh, that's what I'm finding. And um, usually when there are stars, they're like four stars, five stars. Yeah, which is, uh, yeah, a real bit of a thrill to see for, uh, for a contributor. Uh, sort of encourages you to to uh, to keep sending stuff in. Um, so before we uh, we really sort of throw ourselves into uh, episode two hundred and six, which uh, I'm sort of thinking I might um, look at um, theming the what have you achieved. Uh, but also, what have you, or what do you do in your spare time as well? I know a lot of us uh, are very disciplined writers or disciplined creators, uh, and we allocate time to ourselves to, uh, to regularly create, which is great. Um, others, we sort of just try and fit writing in or, uh, or our art. Um, that was our uh, our little kitten just leaping from chair to chair like a like a crazy possum. I don't know what she's doing. What are you up to? You're right. So um, yes, so a lot of us are uh, very disciplined, which is uh, which is something that uh, I would really really love to be able to do. But uh, I'm very much a, a seat of the pants. So here's a half an hour. I can sort of tap something out or. Uh, Here's something that's inspired me. I'll make time to sit and get that out of my head uh, because I know it won't leave until, uh, until I've got it on the page. That's my, uh, my writing style, the, um, the when uh, of my, uh, my writing process. Um, yes, and uh, one of the, uh, the big things that is taking up my time at the moment is um, our school holiday program at work at the library where I work and I'm lucky enough I'm the, uh, the team leader or the manager of the library facility which is, uh, which is a real thrill uh, and a great honour um, but also I get the opportunity as well because I'm so interested in um, children's services and youth services and, uh, and that sort of thing. We don't actually have a children's and youth librarian um, although we are starting to find that um, that some of the staff that I have as part of my team are showing interest in that sort of vein uh, and are looking at running their own activities and their own groups for, uh, for those sort of younger age groups. The, um, the 5 to 12, um, we've got a, um, 
a staff member who's been trained up in uh, in science kits called the Little Bang Discovery Kit, which is um, science sessions aimed at probably the two to four year old age, uh, which is very cool. I don't know if that's something that's just based in Australia. Oh, sorry, I don't know if that's something that's just based in Australia, or if that's something that's um, that's international. I know that it's come out of like a um, a science centre in Sydney, I believe, which is kind of cool, something to be uh, to be very proud of. But yeah, the um, I've got a uh, myself and another staff member that are trained in running the sessions for the Little Bang Discovery Club. Um, but I just wish that there was an opportunity for us to be able to run those more. Uh, I uh, I have been in touch with a facilitator for uh, for running other. Um, preschool learning activities um but yeah we've been running a a few of those sessions which uh which seem to go down quite well for the community as well it's a a fair bit of work for us to uh, to organize the um the space the um the library facilities to uh, to be able to cater for for that sort of thing but in my mind i believe that it's worth it for that pocket of the community and bringing more young families through the door into the library service. I think it's very important uh, at a very young age, creating the, that lifelong learning. Um, yes, yeah. Um, but another thing um, that I've been uh, part of is the school holiday program that we've been running. Uh, and uh, we're in the, th- in the thick of our uh, six-week uh, school holidays, our summer holidays here in uh, in South Australia, and um, I was lucky enough um, most recently to run my first activity that was part of that program, and that was a um, a Lego steam kit, uh, bricks I think it is B R I C and then the capital Q, uh, and we were looking at the science of push and pull. Uh, and looking at building um, an ice hockey player uh, that works on a um, um, a like a swivel, uh, no, sorry, a, like a um, a push mechanism where you can actually make the player hit faster or slower depending on how much force that you actually put, um, and as a measurement device as well for the amount of force that you're putting in uh, and then you've got the goal that you're aiming for uh, and you've got the um, the soccer uh, soccer you've got the hockey ice hockey goalie that's actually on the swivel uh, and you're trying to get the puck past the goalie so yeah it was a good uh, good two player uh, two player build and uh, yeah a very very fun activity I had two sessions a session I ran in the morning and a session I ran in the afternoon and the morning session was quite well attended, and the afternoon session uh, we had a few not turn up for, which was a pity. But the uh, the kids that did turn up for the afternoon session were far more creative. Whereas the um, the initial the morning session, I found that the kids were more interested in building the exact to the instructions what was in the booklet, and then they went about. Um, testing and uh, looking at the science and seeing if they could, uh, who could score the most goals. Whereas the, uh, the afternoon group were more, far more interested in b- 
building and creating and uh, and making their um, their creations as individual as possible. I mean, still sticking to the the basic science, and um, I made sure that they actually uh, they had a working model, something that they could play with and something they could test, which was good. Uh, and uh, and none of the kids seemed to be uh, sort of buck against that concept. Um, which was good. I mean, by all means, if they wanted to, if they wanted to create something entirely different. I know one kid did come in expecting that it was free play, the Lego would be across the table, and they could basically build what they liked, because we've run sessions like that before as well, that they've attended uh, and really enjoyed, and that might be something that we'll do in the future too. Um, but this was good fun, we, uh, and we've got a lot of options with, uh, with the sets that, uh, that were recently purchased. Um, yeah, so looking forward to either myself or one of my colleagues running more sessions uh, using that. Uh, and the best thing of all, we've got some dodgy Wi-Fi uh, in our meeting room facilities where we usually run these sort of activities. And what I find is when we're doing Lego and coding activities or coding activities in the general, in general, like the, um, the hour of code, uh, or um, or that that type of activity that uh, with Apache Wi-Fi it's very difficult. Uh, also, anything Lego related that requires batteries, uh, because it's so few and far between our uh, our holiday program sessions. If we're going to run multiple, like if we're going to run these Lego kit coding kits, battery kits. Um, over a number of holidays, uh, like our April holidays, our July holidays, our October holidays, say, um, we will need to buy multiple sets of batteries to change the batteries out each time or charge uh, rechargeable batteries uh, a few days before we hold the session. And then we find as well that quite often the apps need to be updated or they don't connect properly or uh, there's not enough distance between the tables so an app might pick up two different models and uh, the programming doesn't work properly or that sort of thing so yeah there's a, a few issues that we're having with some of the kits but these particular ones are the steam ones uh, so it's um, science technology engineering art and mathematics, I believe, is STEAM, whereas uh, previously it was, uh, they were STEM, uh, the, the big focus was on STEM. Um, the, uh, the most recent studies have, uh, have included art, I believe, as well as uh, important for um, the upcoming generation of um, employable people. I guess, uh, I think that's what the, the focus is, is trying to upskill the, um, the workforce of the future by getting them interested in the sciences, um, anything to do with technology. Uh, mathematics is still seen as very important. Engineering, um, but yes, I believe that art is, uh, has become a, uh, a big focus as well, which is great, I think. Uh, there's going to be a, uh, a lot of opportunities for artists 
now and into the future uh, looking at working with these uh, these other skilled um, workers as well uh, these white collar workers um, bringing that art and creativity into the mix I, uh, I think is going to uh, be able to help us to find solutions for problems that we do not even know exist yet but we soon will so the other thing that I've got coming up in uh, a couple of weeks time so we've got uh, we've got other staff doing um, creative based activities and uh, I think we've got a movie coming up as well um, we're working with an organization called Children's University which is very exciting um, that's where um, there's a, uh, a university based in our capital city of Adelaide where children can actually register through their schools or as a homeschool student you can actually register through a hub and the Murraybridge Library we have selected to be a hub as of last year. Looking forward to continuing that and hopefully getting more than two students joining as our um, class of children's university students and what the kids do is outside of normal school hours or outside of normal school activities or um, requirements any work that they do so it might be um, sport practice or it might be uh, music lessons or it might be going to a museum as a family or uh, it might be coming to the library and doing a um, a, an activity where there's learning involved. Um, these kids can actually record these hours or these half-hour segments uh, in their passport and then the hours get tallied up and then the university actually says, okay, so over the year you've done a thousand extra educational hours outside of your normal school learning you can receive a diploma uh, or you can receive uh, for 8,000 hours, you can receive a, uh, a doctorate um, and the Children's University uh, in November um, do actually arrange for a certificate presentation where the kids cap and gown similar to or exactly the same as um, the university students that achieve their bachelors and doctorates and um, their honours degrees and <clears throat> that sort of thing. Uh, so it is actually exactly the same experience uh, as these, uh, these students get, these um, like the university students get, the primary age students get as well, which is a super thrill for them. It's very, very cool. Uh, and so uh, I'm very proud that the Murray Bridge Library is uh, is able to be a hub for our homeschool students because uh, in our local area we do have a lot of kids that are homeschooled. We've got a lot of kids that are based in schools, um, the traditional schools, but we do have a lot of families that have actually taken up the um, the uh, homeschool opportunity as well. Um, yeah, so. Uh, We've got, um, yes, we've got a uh, Children's University activity coming up, uh, I think, next week. And something else is, uh, is on the cards next week. 
And then in our final week of, uh, of school holidays, before the kids go back to school, I'm running an escape room. And I've run a couple of escape rooms uh, in previous uh, holiday activities. So we've had uh, October, early October, we, uh, with the theme of Halloween, uh, Halloween being the end of October, we, uh, we ran a Halloween-themed uh, escape room where the kids had to find bones and put a skeleton back together. That was kind of cool. Um, I've also had like a, um, an Easter-themed one for April. Uh, I've done... What else have I done? I've done um, one where kids had to... A very physical one where they had to knock things over and crawl under tables and they had to jump from platform to platform because the floor was lava. And uh, whereas with the Halloween one, I've had the, um, the room open. Uh, our, uh, our three meeting rooms all uh, have removable walls. So I removed all the walls, one big room for the Halloween one. But the, um, the, the knock over one and crawl under the table one, uh, I actually had all the walls in and walls folded out and slid around and that sort of thing. So yes, that was, uh, that was good fun. Um, this one here uh, that I've got planned for, uh, for January is um, uh, a um, temple, um, jungle temple style one. So uh, there's, uh, there's spinning columns and um, walls that, uh, that sort of open up to reveal um, the inner temple and the um, different codes and uh, a little hidden shrunken man that you've got to find and yeah hopefully it'll be good fun for the kids as well uh, looking forward to running that so that's in uh, a week or so time um, yeah so that's uh, that's going to be good fun for me good fun for the kids um, yeah it's uh a bit of a thrill for for, uh, for me uh, to uh, to be able to uh, to do that uh, and be paid for the privilege. That's uh, that's something that uh, that I really enjoy. I really love um, sort of thinking about what would be challenging enough for the kids, but what can they sort of try and achieve within that fifteen to twenty minute. Uh, and some of the kids are actually really smart. Some of the kids figure out the puzzle straight away and really really quickly. Um, the, uh, the haunted house one, uh, I had my daughter and, uh, well, my youngest daughter and, uh, my other kids. And then of course the, um, the Crook family as well. So it was the Laura and the Crook family are often, uh, in there together. Um, my, uh, my eldest daughter's turning 16, which is a very, very scary time, but, um, she likes to support, uh, our youngest niece who's just turned four, so would have been three at the time. So the 15-year-old and the three-year-old run around and have a look and, look, Nana, look, look what I found. And it's, that's good, Livy, well done. So that's good fun. Uh, that's great to see. But um, my uh, one of the things, the first puzzle that I had was uh, for kids to actually look up in, uh, in a book how many bones are in... Uh, a fully formed human body. So once, um, I think it's an uh, adult, 
2021, 20, 20, uh, 22 or 25, maybe, where all your bones are fused together and you've, you've got your, uh, your skeletons complete. Uh, I think it's 206 bones in the, uh, in the human body, um, the average human body. Uh, and my daughter straight away, like that was the, that was the key that, uh, the, the number code 206, 206 to unlock the briefcase that had the next part of the puzzle. And so I wanted them to run around, find the book that had the information, um, trying to sort of promote the materials that we've got in the library. As soon as, um, one of her cousins read out the clue, uh, or the riddle of what they were trying to find as an answer, my daughter blurted out straight away, oh, it's 206. Everybody's like, is it 206? And they all looked at me and I said, well, let's find um, something to confirm that. And my daughter was all the way through, no, it's 206. I know it's 206. And then, of course, the answer, when we found the book, the answer was 206. And uh, my daughter, um, Boo, was saying, told you see we could have been much further along so uh they that uh i need to make sure that the puzzles are difficult enough and challenging enough but that everybody can achieve them but not straight away so it uh that was a uh a good lesson for me um with that particular one but for the most part um yeah it's been uh been good fun and, and working quite well and they're quite popular. They're uh, they're in hot demand now. My escape rooms, which is um, yeah, which is really good, really great. So that's uh, that's some of the some of the things that I've been achieving. Um, I do realise though that I have neglected to mention housekeeping. Um, I uh, I did touch base with Steph, our uh, our new CEO. Uh, and I, uh, I did get in contact with um, ex-CEO David K. Montoya, um, not expecting anything from Dave. There wasn't much from Steph, but Dave did actually send me through something. So let me just dig around for a brief sec. Here we go. Here we are. So, from uh, Dark Myth Publications, the uh, from the Jezomon, um, yes, Dark Myth Publications publication schedule for the twenty twenty three year has been finalised. This is the official um, do, 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 press release that uh, that has come through. So January the 11th, 2023, Dark Myth Publications, um, Apple Valley, California, January 11th, 2023. Today, Dark Myth Publications, a division of the Jezo Mon Dark Myth Company, LLC, has announced that the 2023 publishing schedule has been finalized by the publisher, Kevin Adams, and editor-in-chief, Stephanie J. Bardi. The following are to be released this year. So watch out for Promised Rewards by Cliff Flint. Uh, I believe that Cliff was the winner of the Open Contracts Challenge. So congratulations to you, Cliff. Cliff Flint, 
promised rewards should be released on the 21st of February 2023. Uh, then The Angel of Death by Michael McGee will be released, uh, is scheduled to be released on the 7th of March 2023. Last Horror Hero by Robert P. Ottoni. I hope I said that right. Sorry, Robert. Uh, Last Horror Hero uh, is to be released on the 4th of April, 2023. Then Through the Eyes of Madness. I don't know if you've been following uh, on the um, the, um, World of Myth magazine. Um, David K. Montoya, as the author, has been giving us... um, Snippets, uh, he's been writing this as a uh, and publishing it as a bit of a serial. So, Through the Eyes of Madness. And I've been really enjoying it. Um, great, uh, great storyteller, Dave. Um, so, that is to be released, uh, scheduled for release on the 8th of May uh, 2023, which is super exciting. Um, and then, something that I'm really thrilled about is uh, the following day, actually... That's, um, yeah, wow. So the 9th of May, um, that is, uh, 9th of May, 2023, is The Neighbour, My Children's Book by Timothy Law. Uh, so that's something that I am very, very, very excited about. Something that, uh, hopefully I can get many, many, many copies sold. Uh, and I'm hoping to get, uh, a number of copies in, uh, South Australian libraries, let alone, um, hopefully I can actually sort of go outside that circle, uh, outside that spance and, uh, aim for, uh, for a few more, um, Australian libraries as well. Maybe some copies in Western Australia, some in Queensland, uh, a few down in, uh, uh, Tasmania, other states, um, across the, uh, down the, uh, the East Coast as well, um, so yeah, that's something that I uh, I am super excited about is um, I self-published a book in 2018, uh, but this is my first experience working with a company to uh, to publish a book. Uh, this is uh, this is me feeling like I've finally made it. Uh, this is my Pinocchio moment. I'm a uh, a real writer now. This uh, yeah, I'm really really looking forward to uh, to working with um, the team at uh, at Dark Myth Publishing and getting the neighbour out. Um, yeah, around that uh, 9th of May, um, 2023. So uh, this year is going to be a big year for me. Uh, then we've got uh, Cowboys versus Aliens by Walter G. Essel- Esselman to be released on the 6th of June, 2023. Penance by Stephanie J. Bardi is to be released on the 11th of July, 2023. And that's another one where um, you may have, uh, have been seeing the, uh, this being published as a serial, uh, Penance. And it's a very, very, very interesting story. Steph, you're doing a great job. Uh, can't wait to, uh, to uh, have that out for sale um, published and released uh, 11th of July so uh, that'll be kind of cool and then 
on the 8th of August. Uh, I'm lucky enough that my uh, novella, um, my fantasy parody, uh, Myrtle Norton's Guide to uh, to Taking Over the World, um, that will be uh, coming out around the 8th of August 2023, which is super exciting. Uh, so yeah, I uh, not only will I have my children's book out um, around May, uh, early May hopefully, but uh, also a fantasy parody, which I'm really looking forward to, uh, especially um, a couple of the sites that I'm on. There's a, uh, a Terry Pratchett fans site, which, uh, which I'm hoping that I can market this one to. Um, I'm a big, big Terry Pratchett fan. Um, Sir Terry, uh, I was introduced to uh, when I was 13. For my 13th birthday, I got a copy of The Colour of Magic uh, and I laughed myself silly and I've loved him ever since. Uh, very, very clever writer in my mind. Um, and uh, so I actually wrote, started writing this one. Uh, what would have it been? probably late high school years I reckon was when I started it and I started it in um, the Pratchett style of his uh, his earlier Discworld novels of using the um, the asterisks and the footnotes and sort of embedding the comedy uh, within the comments so the story's there there's a bit of uh, an element of, of what I find funny anyway in uh, in the um embedded in the the stories themselves like in the story itself but the uh the the side comments and uh, and that sort of thing is where uh, where I make myself smile and hopefully I'll make the readers giggle a bit too um so yes it is a uh, a comedy it is a parody um and um very much a uh, a fantasy as well so uh so yes hopefully I can um market that to uh, to libraries again uh hopefully i can sell a few copies um to households um but i'm really hoping that i can actually yeah i uh, i'm hoping that i've got a uh, a good market with um terry pratchett fans um and i understand that i'm not the man himself uh and that nobody ever will be that good uh ever again i don't think not in my opinion um, but uh, yeah, it's a, a bit of a, uh, a homage to his early Discworld style, uh, and I had a lot of fun writing it too. Um, a lot of fun uh, writing it, a lot of fun um, reviewing it, um, discovering it after years and years and years, finding it fading on uh, on Dot Matrix paper, uh, probably printed in the. Um, the the mid to late nineties, uh, I can still hear the printer sort of, and uh, the, uh, the the terrible time that I had trying to uh, to scan it and then uh, copy the uh, the text um, and dump it into Word. Um, and then uh, we, it just so happened that uh, that we were in the middle of the pandemic, um, where everything was shutting down, 
um, we were restricted with uh, visitor numbers or the library was closed to the general public or um, people couldn't go um, across states so if you were in South Australia you're basically stuck in South Australia you couldn't go back to Victoria or uh, across to Western Australia or anything like that um, and we actually had um, a poor woman stranded here in South Australia here in Murray Bridge for uh, for a long time and it was only the last couple of weeks before she went back the borders reopened and she was allowed to go back home again that uh, we both discovered a uh, a mutual love of Terry Pratchett and uh, and comedy comic writing and um, that sort of thing uh, and uh, I was telling her about my story and the struggles that I was having and that sort of thing and she said look I'm here still for another week or so I need a project are you happy for me to take your story and type it up as best I can um, and so she actually went through she edited it as well which I'm uh, I'm very very lucky uh, back in my uh, my early writing days of uh, of late mid to late high school um, I must say that my my editing my tense my use of tense and that sort of thing is probably not nearly as good or as uh, as matured as uh, as it is now um, I must admit I uh, I wasn't a great, I had great ideas, but I wasn't great at grammatically putting them down on paper. So, uh, Jenny, it was wonderful uh, to have you, uh, unfortunately, stuck in Murray Bridge, but uh, a great friendship blossomed over a mutual love of a great author um, and the excitement that you had uh, in equal measure for the excitement that I had for this project uh, for Myrtle Norton, um, the evil villain that he is, uh, and also the powers of good that uh, that try and go up against him and to thwart his plans. Um, so uh, so yeah, I uh, I'm absolutely thrilled to uh, to have had that transition from um, my uh, my immature late high school days through to a uh, a massive revision through to the creation of a friendship uh, and now passed on to this amazing publishing company where it's, uh, it's going to become uh, a real book. Uh, yeah, and another super exciting Pinocchio moment. That, um, yeah, that is, uh, that is super cool. Um, so that's coming out uh, around, it's got the release date of the 8th of August, which is, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, and then The Monster, written by Walter G. Esselman. Uh, that's another one for, uh, for Walt, which is really cool. Congratulations, my friend. Uh, so that has a release date of the 3rd of October, 2023. And then um, we've got um, a couple more Walter G. Esselman titles uh, following on from that. Then, uh, then we've got So You Want to Make a Horror Movie. Uh, that's coming out on the 10th of the 10th. Uh, and then on the 7th of November. Um, what's that one? Kathmandu by uh, Walter G. Esselman as well. And I reckon that there was a, an image in the gallery 
called Kathmandu, if I remember correctly. I'm not sure what month that was. It was one of the ones that I reviewed, I'm pretty sure. So uh, whether it was October, November, definitely wasn't the most recent one that I've reviewed December. Um, yeah. The, I reckon, so whether that's an inspiration, that was an inspiration for you, Walter, for a story. Um, yeah, looking forward to um, to seeing, yeah, sort of what uh, what comes out of that. Uh, you've got me intrigued. Uh, and then finishing up the 5th of December, uh, release date for an untitled book by K- David K. Montoya. So that's uh, a, yeah, a bit of a mystery. A uh, bit of an exciting, um, yeah, uh, a further announcement yet to be made, I believe, when um, when the title of uh, of that book, uh, unless it comes out untitled, um, that would be uh, a very interesting marketing ploy. Uh, something to consider, David, indeed. No, but I'll leave it entirely up to you. You are the author, my friend. Um, and so you have a great deal of control. Uh, and then further on from that, we have the dates, um, the pending dates for the next editions of the World of Myth magazine. Um, issues 115 through to 126. Uh, and they are, of course, the 24th of the 1st, 24th of the 2nd, 24th of the 3rd. So it's the 24th of each month throughout from uh, from January through to December. And don't forget that we need to have our pieces in, uh, whether they are flash or uh, short fiction or poetry or art, they need to be in to Steph as the chief editor um, by the 15th of the month at the very latest. So then, uh, finally, Dark Myth Comics will not release any new content until 2024, as it is still in the production stage. I'm excited to see both new and familiar names on our roster this year. We have some top-notch writers within our magazine, and it is wonderful to see them get that recognition, said Stephanie J. Barty, Chief Executive Officer and Editor-in-Chief of Dark Myth Publications. So then it just follows on with you. A bit of information about the company. Uh, Dark Myth Publications is an independent trade book publisher and magazine publisher that is read worldwide more than five to 6,000 times on a monthly basis. It is owned by Jason Mon Dark Myth Company, LLC. Dark Myth Publications was formed in 2005 and currently employs four imprints. M-Kids Books, G... Something SG Heavenly Publication, Mythworks Publications, Horotica Publications, and Zombie Works Publications. So yeah, it's a uh, a great um, statement that's been released. Super excited about the uh, the upcoming releases. Um, Jazo Mon Dark Myth Company LLC is an independent global media and entertainment company that creates and distributes the world's most diverse content and brands across literature, online and streaming podcasts. 
The Jozo Mon Dark Myth Company LLC is available in most countries and territories with a straightforward goal to entertain audiences worldwide through its unique brands and products, including Dark Myth Publications, Dark Myth Comics, Jozo Modcast, and others. For more information, please visit the website www.thejozomondarkmythcompany.com. Then forward-looking statements. This news release contains forward-looking statements subject to various risks and uncertainties. These risks and uncertainties include the conditions of the markets for the internet, entertainment and licensed merchandise, acceptance of the company's subsidiaries, media and merchandise within those markets and other risks and factors identified in documents filed with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Accordingly, actual results could differ materially from those currently anticipated. And then it has here the media contacts, uh, CW Winter, and it's got a phone number there, uh, an email as well, Winter at jzomondarkmyth.com. But you can check out the statement. Um, it's been officially released. Uh, I just wanted to mention it on the podcast today because um, I'm super excited about all the books uh, and all the magazines, everything that's coming out. But, uh, of course, especially my two, um, my children's book uh, and also um, my... Um, novella uh parody as well so yeah it's going to be very very cool to uh to have those on the shelf uh, final note um make sure that you do check out MythMart as well uh and see what's on sale there um i know there's a lot going on that uh that steph's got some great ideas for new products um so make sure that you always check that out uh whenever you jump online and make sure as well that you take the opportunity to check out the um, December magazine uh, as well, if you haven't already. So, um, yeah, hopefully wherever you are, you're either staying cool in a warm environment um, or you're staying warm uh, when it's cold and wintry outside. Uh, and regardless of what's going on, hopefully you're getting plenty of opportunity to write, 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 and create, create, create. Because um, that's how the magazine survives uh, with all the wonderful things that we submit. So keep on submitting. Um, I look forward to, uh, to continuing to, uh, to review and encourage um, and to love everything that you all do. Because you are all amazing. And keep it up. Bye for now.